appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with me today. I'm honored to do another uh, spot for 21ism and uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing from you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, sure. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so Ben, I, uh, my first, I guess, interaction with you was both on Twitter, but also, you know, when I came to uh, encounter Spectre Wallet and understand your involvement in that, and then I've been playing around with it. And so, um, I know we'll get into a lot today, but maybe you can just give us a brief introduction to how you got into Bitcoin and then why you started working on Spectre Wallet, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, yeah, sure. So I got into Bitcoin around uh, early 2017. Um, just heard about it from a friend uh, who knew he was a developer and wanted to ask some uh, technical questions about it. So it kind of got me curious uh, what it is and just started reading about it. And for a few months, I was mostly reading about it and trying to understand uh, how everything works, um, mostly from the technical side at first. Um, then I was uh, also going a bit into shit coins and stuff, um, you know, for, for some, some time, uh, way too long, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, and just um, as I started also learning more about Austrian economics, uh, I realized that I definitely should focus more on Bitcoin. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's basically how it got started. Well, actually, before, yeah, so before I get you to break into the Spectre stuff, um, what was it precisely that brought you to Austrian economics? Was it someone that you came in touch with as a result of being in the cryptocurrency space more broadly, or was it an interest you had prior to that? Um, so not really. Uh, it was mostly because uh, because of safety in his book. So I'd have to give him most of the credit on that. Uh, just uh, got a recommendation from a few friends here uh, about a book. And after reading that and listening to some of his talks and seminars and stuff, um, was really, really in, yeah, got me interested. And I just started reading a lot more about it uh, from, you know, all the classic books. Um, so, yeah, but that's not something that I was um, doing before, I would say. Why, why do you think it is um, that programmer, it's not uncommon for technical people to wind up in shitcoin land before they see the light on Bitcoin. Why do you think that was like, that was not clear to you initially? Um, I guess because it's kind of shiny, let's call it that way. It's kind of uh, exciting that you can do a lot of stuff really quickly. Uh, you don't really need, you know, you don't have to, to understand too much in order to write smart contracts and stuff which is, you know, it's tempting, but it's very, very bad if you really think about it. Um, so, yeah, so it's really kind of 
interesting that there is so much uh, stuff kind of that you you could do at first, uh, but then you realize that most of the things just um, and yeah, so you you kind of realize that it's kind of very very tempting and there is a lot of noise and a lot of buzz around this stuff. But when it comes down to actually uh, using stuff, then there's not much left. Yeah. And was it the Bitcoin standard that caused you to kind of see the distinction there and, and pivot? Uh, so at first it got me to, you know, it kind of narrowed it, me down a bit. So I was like uh, on this path of, you know, okay, not really shit coins, all shit coins, just, you know, maybe also Ethereum and Zcash and stuff, you know, so just a few. And then I realized, okay, this doesn't make sense either. But it took me some time to to get that. Right. And was there a final kind of realization or moment that that coalesced where it kind of clicked and you realized that it was a Bitcoin only world? Like, was that a distinct moment or did it just happen over time? It it kind of happened over time. I can't say it's some, it was some uh, click it was mostly, you know, over time and rehearsing stuff about how money works. And I presume, you know, you have friends or whether it's online or, you know, in meet space, a community of other developers and other people that are into, you know, the same thing as you. Do you try to guide them in a certain direction or do you have the conversation about, you know, where they should be placing their efforts or what's that dynamic like with your peers right now? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard because I'm I'm not really great at trying to convince people. <laughs> um, yeah, so I usually don't try too much. Uh, sometimes I just, you know, very slightly, but not really. Uh, I owe, you know, I owe a bit to, or quite a lot to, for example, also for Udi from, um, you, you know him, obviously. Mm -hmm. So Udi and a few other guys from the, from the Bitcoin embassy in Israel, uh, which also, you know, which do most of the, uh, most of this work for, for other guys here. Um, so yeah, and also helped me a lot focus on Bitcoin. And I noticed on your blog, you know, you've written a number of pieces about money from an Austrian economics perspective and just exploring what money is and the nature of money and that kind of stuff. Why, like, why did you go, it seems like a departure from your background. Why did you feel compelled to start writing and putting down your thoughts in, on those particular uh, subjects? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just started reading a lot of books about it, and I was trying to sort my, my thoughts on it. Uh, so I figured out uh, if if I'm already writing this and trying to to understand this stuff like this, uh, why not also just post it? Uh, you know, sort it out a little cleaner and post that. Um, but yeah, so we just I got really curious about uh, Austrian economics. Um, just found it very interesting. Uh, of course, it helped because it helped me a lot to understand Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, I just the blog and uh, all these posts are just kind of trying to um, consolidate my thoughts on the subject. And do your friends, family, peer group read your writing? And if so, you know, does it impact their thinking on these sorts of things at all? I usually know. Usually, I don't share it with with people I know IRL, <laughs> so I just post it on Twitter and stuff. Right. Um, but I just it's it's harder to convince people that you actually know uh, rather than people that you don't know. That's just what I found out. It's such a funny dynamic, which I'm sure is true for so many of us that 
produce content in this space that you know the, the people closest to us in our meat space lives probably are not familiar with our stuff like at all you know, whether it's podcasts or mm -hmm. writing or whatever but you know people on twitter obviously are much more uh interested in it um mm -hmm. so so when you got into uh to bitcoin when did it start to coalesce that you wanted to contribute uh technically in some way you know like you 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 mm -hmm. read the book you started to understand that this was about money this was about bitcoin um when did you start getting the idea that you wanted to contribute in the way that you have started to do so um mm -hmm. uh, so basically I've, i always you know even when i was doing some shitcoin stuff i did uh, open source work uh, so I was, uh, for the last few years, I was always doing uh, at least some work on, on an open source project. Uh, so I, I just, I like doing that and it's really, uh, it's really interesting. And I think it's a good way to, to give back to the community. Um, so after basically, uh, when I started working on Bitcoin specific projects, I started, you know, looking into stuff that I find, um, familiar in in terms of what i uh, know how to work with so i was mostly working with java so i started contributing a bit to to bisc um and after that you know i was still kind of um uh, i was doing for it for a few months um then i just uh i don't know i didn't have so much time again because i had some work stuff uh, and then I don't know. I just stumbled onto Spectre, um, basically just from from a video on on Twitter that they uploaded, and yeah, I just downloaded the software. Uh, so how awesome it is! Basically, I really liked it from from the first uh, first try, and immediately I just uh, started contributing. So at first, obviously, very very small stuff. Uh, so just things that I wanted to to improve for myself. Uh, so anything that I saw that oh this is a bug, it's uh, I can't uh, I need to fix that uh, in order to use it for myself, or this is a feature that I really really want to have. Uh, so I just started adding this stuff based on whatever I wanted to have, mm -hmm. and from there I just continued to to do uh, bigger and bigger stuff. Nice, maybe for people that aren't familiar with the project can you give us a bit of background about uh who started it and when and then you know what kind of the uh the roadmap or the ideal is for what's what specter is to become mm -hmm. yeah so specter started uh by uh, stepan snigreb and uh moritz uh i can't uh, sorry moritz i can't say your your <laughs> last name it's it's too german um but yeah i can pronounce it sorry uh but yeah so stefan and moritz uh from crypto advance uh they started it i think around uh 2019 or 18 i don't exactly remember uh but i know so they started specter started basically as uh there is this uh specter diy uh project which is a do-it-yourself hardware wallet uh, basically a hardware wallet you can build yourself with a couple of components uh, that you can order online from a generic uh, uh, electronic store. And uh, your Spectre desk desktop, uh, which was initially supposed to be just a client in order to use uh, the Spectre DIY wallet. Um, so the Spectre do-it-yourself uh, hardware wallet. 
Um, so Stepan started building that, um, and then also there is Kim, which uh, which joined uh, to the team. He started also contributing. Uh, I think a few months before I did. Um, so basically, it's it's a project for using. Spectre Desktop is a project for okay. using Bitcoin Core with hardware wallets, uh, multi-sig, all these kind of stuff. So it's basically just an interface uh, which makes it easier to to actually utilize Bitcoin Core for all, all the cool stuff that Bitcoin can do. Uh, all the hardware wallets, uh, multi-sig, uh, air gap signing devices, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so that's basically how it started. More of a side project for for the hardware wallet, which kind of grew up with with time uh, and got to to where it is today. And is there a particular goal in mind with all this, all this work? Like other than what what you just mentioned, interacting with Bitcoin Core and using some of the the great functionalities there, and 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 you know pairing it mm -hmm. up with a DIY hardware wallet. Is there anything? You know what's the, what's the 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 goal that everyone's striving towards, if there is one. Yeah, I think the goal is just to help uh, Bitcoiners uh, hold more securely, use their own node, uh, run their own node, uh, hold their own keys. So just make this stuff uh, as easy as possible. Uh, there's no, I don't think there is much beyond that. So. Um, yeah, there's just to to make sure there's uh, a great tool for people to to use. I find it so, I guess, awesome, really, that because a lot of Bitcoiners come into the space for different reasons and with different backgrounds, right? So, you know, there's obviously the technologists, and then there's the libertarians, and then there's the Austrian economists, and then now, of course, there's just normal people who are waking up and saying. The system is fucked. Like I, I would, I want something different, and so a lot of those people are not technically inclined, and I consider myself among them. And it's really interesting to see the development of people. Like I think it starts with a lot of people with a node, right? Like building your own node, and you know, realizing mm -hmm. how ultimately easy it is. Although it's intimidating to people at first, like oh, I could never do something like that. And then you get like ten different parts, and you stick them all together. And it's, you know, it's pretty much the easiest thing in the world. And um, I, I like where this is going, where people are taking more and more uh, responsibility for, you know, building out these these things that are so instrumental in interacting with this network and making sure they're doing it in the most, you know, secure and sovereign way possible. And I see the, the DIY hardware wallet says, an extension of that, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I don't get the sense that it's like a mass sort of thing yet, but as projects like Spectre develop and make it easier and make it less daunting and intimidating for people, I can see, you know, people actually being like, you know, why shouldn't I, why shouldn't I just buy these generic parts and put them together and put, load up mm -hmm. the software and then away I go. And I don't have to worry about, you know, supply chain attacks or all the other stuff that people might worry about, about hardware wallets. It's, it's really interesting to see. And I like, do you think ultimately this is where this whole thing is going? Like we're, we're more and more things in this ecosystem will be able to be DIY. So from hardware to mm -hmm. everything else. Um, so I hope so, but it kind of, I think it mostly depends on, on how uh, the regulations will be. So if uh, regulations will be very, very easy on Bitcoin, so there will probably be a much lower incentive 
and, and do this stuff themselves and they will try to, to go for the easier and shinier solutions. Uh, but if there will be more pressure from, from regulators or more um, or more determined attackers, I would say, or hackers or stuff like that, uh, then there will probably uh, be more people that are willing to take the extra effort and do this stuff, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, really build their own hardware wallet, run their own node and all that. Uh, this is, is this a, like a part-time or overtime sort of project for you? This is not a full-time thing? Uh, so until now, uh, it wasn't. So it was just uh, on, on my free time. Uh, in a month or two, I'll be uh, working on it full-time. Nice. And is that via, it doesn't make money, right? Is it just via sponsorship? Uh, so it's partially sponsorship, uh, partially um by uh, Moritz, which is funding the, the project currently. Uh, hopefully we will find some business model which which works in, in the coming, uh, I don't know, months or so, so we can uh, make it sustainable. But for now it's it's that. Right. Um, I, I'm interested in, you know, one of the topics that I explore a lot is how people change as a result of grokking Bitcoin, you know, coming to understand what it represents. And uh, I'm curious for someone like you, do, do, is your age public? Do you mind if I ask you how old you are? Uh, 20. 20. So, you know, you're obviously pretty young. Um, have you noticed changes as a result of, of getting involved in Bitcoin, be they ideological, political, philosophical, behavioral, anything like that? Uh, yeah. Sure. So there are quite a lot of changes uh, since since I uh, started with with Bitcoin. So uh, especially so from the the political part or philosophical part, all the idea of libertarianism. Uh, I never liked government or this all this stuff, but I didn't really know about libertarianism before. Uh, I didn't even know much about about this stuff. Didn't bother to to read about it. Uh, so it helped me uh, quite uh, to to quite understand all this stuff. Um, to start uh, basically understanding the, this framework, this this way of thought. Um, besides that, um, so I think just with uh, it, it gives you more. Um, well, it gives you much more practice on on how to uh, how to live uh, with less less reliance on on the state and its in, and uh, its institutions basically so once you start um using this uh, this money instead of banks uh stuff like that uh it's um you, you see that you don't really have to deal with all this bureaucracy you always can get uh, get get past that yeah amen to that um <laughs> twitter and shitposting is a part <laughs> of any good Bitcoiner's journey. What, uh, what, when did you first uh, start mixing it up on Bitcoin Twitter? And uh, how do you approach, let's say, that? Uh, yeah, I think, I think I was on Bitcoin Twitter. I s- just started looking into it probably around uh, 2018, I think, something like that. Uh, maybe a bit earlier. I'm I'm not even sure. But I, initially, I was obviously I was not very active. I barely posted, if at all, and was mostly just consuming content and you know following uh, everybody and just, just lurking. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. seeing and and kind of 
uh, listening and uh, learning everything. Uh, I was starting to be more active uh, with uh, posting uh, all the all the blog posts and stuff. And gradually I started coming, uh, I think it was around 2019 when I started that. And after that, I was uh, gradually becoming more and more active. And uh, I think since the summer, I started being really, really quite active on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been enjoying your, your output there. Um, you know, back to the comment I mentioned earlier about people in our, our immediate environment, maybe not being aware of and certainly not appreciating <laughs> some of the work that we do or, or the ways that we're feeling about the world. Um, do, do, does your family or the, the people close to you um, know what you're working on? Um, and do you, <laughs> you, do you share with them how important you feel it is or any of the any of these? Like, do you tell them about what Bitcoin is and, you know, the, the crazy legion of people that you mix it up with online that are all kind of on the same page? Uh, I try, I tried at least, uh, but it's really, really hard to get the message. Uh, again, I'm not very good with talking and I, you know, every time I tried with that, then they, I can't get past the magical internet money kind of part. <laughs> so that's kind of what they understand about it. Well, a bit more, but you know, not, not really, uh, that much. So I'm kind of I'm trying always to to explain that, but you know, not not, in, not good enough for for explain. It's easier to explain to a stranger than to a family member, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. So, but I mean, how do they feel when you say, like, in a couple of months, you're you're basically going to be semi volunteering on a on a technology product <laughs> or project? You know, are they concerned or? Yeah, they, they don't really like that, but they kind of trust me uh, with what I do because, yeah, I, so far it's it's going very well, I'd say. Right. And they, yeah, so I really think uh, they're kind of, they don't really like it and they try to convince me maybe do that, maybe uh, apply for something with, with like the big, uh, you know, big tech stuff. But yeah, I think they're kind of trusting me that it will it will be fine. And I guess you've communicated to them that that's just not going to happen, and you're gonna you're gonna contribute yes, to this thing yes. anyway. <laughs> um, what's what's the scene like in in Israel? The Bitcoin, you know, scene. Is there a lot of activity? Mm -hmm. uh, there's quite a lot, I'd say. Yes, uh, tons of shitcoin stuff, uh, like really a lot. But also some very very good Bitcoiners and good Bitcoin scene. There's the Bitcoin Embassy, of course. Have you been there once? No, no. You mean the VR? You've been? Uh, no. So there is uh, there is actually a place in, in Tel Aviv, uh, which is called the Bitcoin Embassy. Oh, no, uh, it's no. there for, for, for a very, very long time. I've um, never been so, to Israel. Hopefully someday. Uh, you, de you definitely should come at, at some point uh, when it's possible again, I guess. Yeah, but to. yeah, there is this great scene, um, a lot of people there uh, all the time helping others and just chatting around, uh, meetups, stuff. Nice. Um, where do you, you know, we, we seem to be on the precipice of a, another bull run, almost like clockwork. Uh, being that I mm -hmm. guess this is, this, is this your first one? Maybe you caught the tail end of the last one. Um, but what, what, what's your no, impression? So, 
Go ahead. No, I kind of, I got, I, I was following through 2017, I'd say. So I kind of got, I, I got the same feeling now. Right. And, you know, I, I know this is a broad question, but based on what's going on in the world and the macro landscape and your interest in, in self-education, Austrian economics, you know, what, what's your impression on what's going on right now and, and where this is going in, in the next couple of years? You expect moon? Yeah, yeah, I expect I expect moon because just be, even uh, even just because the the economies of the world are, are just going to, to crash. Basically, this this is what's going on with with the Federal Reserve now, and well, all the central banks practically uh, around the world just uh, declaring that they don't care about inflation anymore. They want to uh, do as much as possible to to delay any crisis that eventually has to happen uh, so yeah this this is just not going to end up well uh, and I, I strongly believe that Bitcoin will uh, will see a massive rise due to that man I got to imagine that you're pretty fucking grateful uh, and pumped to be your age and doing what you're doing at the time in which you're doing it you know like I, I talk about on on my podcast a lot uh, when I was I don't know, 22 or something like that. Um, you know, there was no Bitcoin. So I saw these problems in the world. And of course, they were less than they are now, but they were still pretty obvious, you know, back in 2006, mm -hmm. 2007. And the only thing we had was like to become a gold bug. And, no, and that's just horrible because, you know, we all know what gold <laughs> bugs are like, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and then Bitcoin came around and got super excited about it and got involved and the rest is history. But like to be someone your age who you know basically just came out of high school and is starting to really piece the world together and try to figure out which direction you want to go uh, to. i never i never went to, to high school to be honest oh really yeah i left uh ninth grade basically to to work as a developer can you delve into that story <laughs> a little bit before i go yes. on with my question <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I just uh, around yeah at the beginning of ninth grade I left school. Uh, a year before that I started learning to code. Um, I took like kind of uh, a coding course, uh, kind of some kind of a boot camp um, for you know for a few months, uh, and just you know I really really liked it. Uh, I did really well in that. Um, so I decided that I'd rather spend my time uh, doing what I know that I will want to do after school uh, right now. So I didn't, I never liked school, uh, it was boring, so boring. Uh, and I just, you know, I just decided that I can start right now uh, getting experience as a developer instead of waiting uh, for some, you know, for this education, so-called education to end. So I decided to to just leave school uh, at that time and just started basically as a freelancer. Uh, then you know uh, very very small jobs. Then you know got more experience, got some more uh, some bigger jobs. Then you know a more uh, a regular position, I'd say. And yeah, just continued like that. Dude, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Like you know, for many reasons, one, you pulled the trigger on leaving 
junior high, basically, or, or skipping on high school a year after you started to learn to code? Is, did I hear that right? Yeah, a year, year and a half, something like that. Holy shit, man. That's insane. Um, and also awesome. Like, you know, I think a lot of us when we were in uh, particularly high school, I mean, a lot of us hated school, of course, uh, and for the same reason as you just articulated. Like, it just seemed like this is a bunch of nonsense that we don't really need to know. You know, it's not really a good mm -hmm. education for going out in the world, but certainly high school, I'm sure we all felt the same, but for a variety of reasons, maybe we, we hung around. I, I made a feeble attempt at leaving high school in grade 11, but I was corralled back into it. Um, so, you know, this, this kind of changes the, a little bit, the, the intrigue or the dynamic of your story. Like what, what was, I love how you had the, uh, you know, the, the, the will or the determination to actually pull that trigger and, and just follow what you thought was more meaningful and interesting and valuable. Cause a lot of people at the best of time, you know, when they're adults are afraid to do that, let alone when they're like 13 years old, that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty interesting thing. How did your family respond to that at the time? Yeah. So I couldn't do that without uh, very strong support from my parents. Uh, the rest of the family was very, very much against it, uh, especially my grandma, which is, you know, very worried about a lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so the rest of the, the family was quite against it, but my parents uh, really, really helped me and supported me. So yeah, that's that's basically what enabled that in the first place, because you can't really, you, especially not at this age, you can't leave school without uh, very, very supportive parents uh, to, to help you do that. Yeah, and I guess this makes the question about, that I asked earlier about you deciding to kind of leave the comfort of the cushy, you know, programming job and, and go into Spectre. It, it takes on a bit of a different, uh, you know, vibe, right? Because you're, mm -hmm. you're, I guess your parents are used to you really following your own interests and supporting you and doing that right so them mm -hmm. you know their concern let's say of you joining the specter team and maybe not earning as much as you could initially at like a formal tech job is probably they're not they're not unused to uh you making yeah yeah i said that they are trusting me i'd say i said that they are you know they they're used to to trusting me right kind and of. so when you when you pulled that trigger uh, after grade nine and, and decided to do this, like, how were you feeling? Were you just absolutely certain, like, fuck school, I, like, I know exactly what I want to do? Or did you have trepidation? And <laughs> did, you, did you fumble around a bit? And, and you know, did you have a hard time finding your way initially? It was, yeah, it was, it's not easy to, because, yeah, you really don't know exactly what to do. There is, you know, with school, you you know exactly what to do because somebody is telling you exactly what to do each at each hour, literally. And there, when you leave school and, you know, try to find your own way, then, you know, it's completely up to you. It's really, really hard. Um, so yeah, at first it's really hard to, to try to, to, uh, to find out exactly what to do. Uh, but eventually, uh, yeah, I thought I kind of found, uh, the path, I would say so first they tried you know try to read uh, a lot and do some you know I thought maybe go to to university at first uh, but then after trying a few courses I realized that I just like working it a, a lot more so I just like 
coding more than I like to, you know, to just learn the theoretical stuff. Uh, and I realized that with with more ex getting more experience will you know will make will I will still be able to get jobs uh, and all of that even without a, uh, a college degree or stuff like that. So I just decided that okay, that's what I enjoy the most, uh, just coding, just working on this. So I'll just do that. Yeah, our our education system <clears throat> globally is so in like just retarded you know that everyone gets put yes yes the same cookie cutter approach regardless of your proclivities regardless of your interests regardless of your inborn talents or whatever like everyone just gets pushed through the same mold and i think you know the market is starting to conjure up better approaches to education which is amazing that the fact that the state still subsidizes and controls education largely is a big impediment to that but at least there are Mm -hmm. other options starting to come up and i think because like what you're describing is basically like what would have suited you much better would be like an apprenticeship sort of program probably right like where you could mm -hmm. identify early like you just want to code and work and you could you know you could do that but maybe under a little bit more structure that would help expedite your process or enrich you know what you're learning and that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. i uh i hope that education continues to go in that direction because like i mean Part of the reason why we have so many fuckheads around the world today is because, you know, the education system is so brutal and it just produces these non-thinking, acquiescing people that, you know, they're, like you said, they're all they are used to doing is doing what they're told and taking tests and, you know, remembering shit to mm -hmm. take a test. It's a, it's a wonder that, you know, people come out of that with any sense of like independent critical thinking at all because it's such a factory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so back to the original thing, you know, I basically wanted to get your impression on if you appreciated how awesome it was that you could, you know, basically emerge in the world at, at a young age and have something like Bitcoin just right there, this beautiful solution to a lot of the world's problems ready, you know, to, for you to put your energy into and work right into, because what I was saying about being a gold bug is like, that wasn't there and it was depressing and all you could do was stack rocks, you know, and nobody wants to stack rocks. You know? <laughs> so, so, and then, you know, Bitcoin came along and it was a, it's like, you know, a far better uh, way to spend your time and obviously a far better solution to these problems. Um, do you appreciate, you know, that you kind of, once you started having it, let's say a global consciousness of kind of how the world works that, you know, this thing was there and also, last part of this question is were you feeling at all like your perception of the world prior to bitcoin were you feeling at all that it was kind of going in the wrong direction or that it was daunting or things were really fucked up and was that affecting you in any way or was that not really a part of you know how you saw things in your perspective yeah so i think for the last part of the question i probably was too young to see how stuff goes uh before i saw before i uh knew about bitcoin so i didn't think about it about this stuff so much uh before bitcoin i probably just because i was too young to for that um but yeah i think from i i really really appreciate how how amazing it is that i was uh born in time to you know most bitcoin has existed for most of my life uh and this is really really an amazing fact already 
Uh, I think for young people, Bitcoin will feel much, much uh, more native, much, uh, much easier to use than the banking system, at least how, it's, how it is uh, structured now. And with all the uh, economic bullshit that's going on in the world, then it will feel much safer also. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think when when young people today emerge and, and start gaining, a, like let's say, a global perspective or start understanding how things work, the fact that Bitcoin just exists is such a huge leg up. Like it, it won't it won't have the same effect of despair that I think it held in in just ten years ago. Because, like, you start looking and seeing what's happening now, especially today, with so much Bitcoin content and so much attention on Bitcoin, it's like you can't avoid it, right? So I think mm -hmm. that's that's a huge leg up to people that are coming at it now. Um, what's uh, what's going on in the space right now? And this can be technically, this can be socially, economically, that uh, excites you the most. You know that you're really excited about. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's it's really hard to say. So obviously, I'm very very excited about Spectre, uh, but I guess uh, we already talked about that. Um, I think right now it's it just I think Taproot will be really really great to have. Um, probably it will take uh, quite a bit uh, still, but w once we have that, the the implications for for privacy are very very important for scripting um, in, in Bitcoin, they are very, very uh, important. Um, besides that, um, I don't know, man, it's this, let's see how this uh, bull market, where this bull market leads us. Uh, I mean, it's really, it's so unpredictable and so crazy uh, when this stuff, I, I mean, we spent years, you know, just talking about how, uh, how crazy it will feel when Bitcoin reaches 50K and then it reached 50K. And then, you know, it's, it still feels like so surprising, even though we, we talked about this happening, you know? So yeah, I just, I really don't know where, where, where we're going right now. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a very interesting 18 months to two years, so we shall see. <laughs> um, bit of a personal question and you can obviously not answer it, but I'm, I'm curious, for someone in your line of work, like I think the, the general idea of people is like you spend a lot of time on your computer, you know, type hitting the keyboard sort of thing. What's, mm -hmm. uh, and I, this kind of coincides with the question about how people's lives start to change as a result of, of you know, being involved in Bitcoin, whether it's diet or exercise or, or whatever. What's like, what, what, what do you do to make sure you like are, in the best frame of mind to contribute, you know, to what well, to live your life, I, I, I guess, and obviously contributing to, to Bitcoin is a part of that. But like, what's a what's a day in Ben's life look like? Yeah, so right now it's uh, it's kind of changing uh, quite a bit with with all the lockdowns and all this stuff. So this is really really uh, bothering me, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not. You know, there are a lot of people my, my age which just uh, go partying a lot, go to bars and stuff like that. I don't really, don't really do that. Uh, for the better or for the worse, I just, I don't really like that. Um, for the better, and, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just um, for friends stuff. I sometimes meet friends. Uh, I do judo for like uh, how long? For fifteen years so since i was uh four basically 
So I have quite some friends from, from there, which I still meet a lot and train with a lot. Um, and yeah, I just, um, yeah, usually I just also like uh, traveling to, to the conferences, but again, now we don't have that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of. And I, I did, I, did I see headlines from Israel recently that like, there, there's a lot of the vaccine passport stuff going on like yes yes now you have vaccine passport and you yeah you need that to get into gyms and other stuff i don't even remember what like, um like all gyms like it's a state policy not a business policy. yes yes it's a state no it's never a business policy in israel like, it's all like, decided by the great state that's so insane. your everything is decided by centrally by the state and yeah so everything you you have to it's all mandated by the state um i think also basically everything which which you can uh which you don't really have to so you know um um sh like shops for you know uh grocery shops and uh pharmaceutical shops are not limited but practically or most of the other stuff are limited so um yeah it's it's insane that's so insane so how does someone like yourself navigate that landscape uh i i just leave i'm leaving israel basically you're leaving yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's too much yeah for sure fuck man that's wild <laughs> um fuck, mm -hmm. yeah and i get it's uh, i i I suspect that same policy is coming to a lot of places. So uh, mm -hmm. hopefully the the competition or the Citadel market really starts heating up over the next couple of years as as Bitcoiners are a more you know capitalized group. Hopefully some enterprising jurisdictions will be like, you know, we want to attract those people here and we're not going to enact such absurd authoritarian policies. So we shall mm -hmm. see. Um, Ben, uh, I don't have much more for you. Was there something, uh, you know, that you wanted to get out or, or share prior to us uh, shutting this thing down? Um, no, I, I think we, we've covered uh, most of the stuff. I'm, I'm not much of a talker, so <laughs> I'm not really sure what to say. <laughs> well, I can say this. Uh, it's better to be a doer than a talker. And uh, you guys, <laughs> you and, and the, the team at, at Spectre, are really building some awesome stuff. Uh, it's been really fun to play play around with it, and it's just another example of, you know, people in this space initially, you know, contributing their time very much so on a voluntary basis, just because they believe in the cause, right, of of making Bitcoin better and of mm -hmm. uh, making it more suitable to for people to establish sovereignty in their lives. And um, you know, I just love what you guys are doing. I can't wait to see how it progresses and develops, especially when you go at it full time and it has your full focus. So uh, I just want to say thank you to you and the team uh, for all the great work you're doing. And, uh, you know, I hope it continues to go well. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. And thanks also for, for all the content that you're producing. Uh, it's really great. Yeah. Well, uh, we all do our part, right? And unfortunately, I don't, <laughs> yes. I, I don't have the, uh, the skills or the cojones to have left school like you and, and developed uh, <laughs> maybe a more useful skill, but there it is. That's that's how the chips fall. Uh, ben, really appreciate it, man. Uh, wish you all the best, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, talk soon. See you, brother.
It's mess up time. Kiss it, kiss it, baby.